everybody. Good morning, good evening, all around the world, wherever you are, all the different time zones. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. So um, I just want to dive right in, uh, just, you know, and like kind of start talking because joining me today, I have one of my Girl Club crew regulars because Nova is taking her daughter Shiloh to uh, forget what Shiloh has going on today maybe a little birthday party or something. And then Christina Boudreaux is probably asleep because she hosted one of her youth overnights last night. And uh, I know she had, you know, a, a, an auditorium filled with 13 year old young girls. And I know she poured into them all night long because they don't like to sleep. So um, today, Christina Reynolds and I, hey, Christina, are going to pick up Howdy Dude. How do you do? So good, to, so good to be back. I missed you. I, I must be I, here. I know. I missed you. It's just us two today, too. So we yeah. get to, you know, kind of just hang and chit chat. I um, We kind of, we started last week in Galatians um, in the and kind of talking about the fruit of the spirit. And I thought, I really, I really want to, I, I really wanted to dive into this with you guys and to get all of um everyone watching to get your comments, your opinions, your questions, because I'm writing my next book. I don't know if I told you this, Christina, on cancel culture. And um, it's called What If God Canceled Us? Or What If God Canceled You? And it's, it's my kind of thoughts and musings and reflections on cancel culture and what the Christian response to cancel, cancel culture really should be in order for us to take a culture that has a lot of the enemy in it and, 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 and take authority over it as God's kids. Cause as God's kids, we are empowered to take authority over anger and division and hatred and disunity and impatience and intolerance and unkindness and, harshness and total out of controlness, all of that. Right. So, and I, I kind of stated it that way because when we get into reading what the, the actual fruit of the spirit is, you'll understand that the fruit of the spirit is a really powerful weapon if we wield it correctly. And the only way that we really can is at least for me is if I stay connected to the vine of Christ daily. So, um, I, you know, Christina, maybe we should kind of start at the beginning of Galatians 5, 16 and look, a talk a little bit, you know, about the fruit of the flesh, Yeah, you know, because um, I think, you know, as we dive into what the fruit of the spirit is, one of the things that, and I don't know, and I'm curious to hear your opinion, like when I, when I first thought, yeah, okay okay, this is the book I want to write. It's hard because it's, it's hard to look at the culture that we live in today mm -hmm. and like walk in the fruit of the spirit. You know what I mean? We can't do it on our own. That's for sure. Which is why I said, that's why I love that at verse 16, it says, so I say, let the Holy spirit guide your lives. I already, I was telling Anna, you know, before we actually signed on today, I was like, oh man, I'm, this is going to be, it's going to be a morning of conviction for me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So look, we won't make you guys guess. All right. So like for those of you joining us, go to Galatians 5 and start at 16. Interestingly enough, my ESV version says, keep in step with the spirit as the Mm -hmm. sort of header over this paragraph. But um, let's just sort of real quickly run through this. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Okay, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Okay, this makes sense. So God is opposing the flesh man in you because the God man in you doesn't want to do these things anyway. So, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Tell me you don't see this everywhere. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, which I think is lust in some translations, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, like the Bible couldn't be more clear. And I think the thing, Christina, before I go on with verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, grace, 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 right? But the Bible says in more than one place, those who live like this won't inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, I, I think that is, but there is like such a balance and like a tension in it all because, you know, you have both both sides of the spectrum, you know, the people who live so incredibly legalistic and like by the law, the law, the law. And then there, and there is no, there is no, hey, we like yield or press into the grace or the power of the Holy Spirit to, you know, fulfill the law or to walk in purity or whatever. And it's very much like in my own strength, I must do A, B, and Z. Because that was very much what I came from, you know. And then there's like this other spectrum that's so like flippant with, well, Jesus just loves me. He gets it. And it's like there's there is this tension of like yes he understands that you're dust he understands your weaknesses he can sympathize and empathize with you but in order to be close with him you have to be holy like his nature doesn't allow for unholiness to be near him you know so i think it's more of a it's more of a do you okay maybe you can be saved but do you want to be his friend do you want to be near him or do you mm-hmm. just want to have a label and just i don't know just have the name that you're alive, but you're not, you know what I mean? I think it's, uh, it's hard because I'm broken too. And I'm really weak. Yeah. So I've I've also noticed that a lot of times what you cannot judge someone by what, what they look like on the outside, or even sometimes their actions because their heart motivations may be completely different, you know? And, uh, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a whirlwind of things. (laughs) it, It is. It is. I mean, 
you know, look, I know when I'm in a fit of anger that mm -hmm. I'm not being led by, led by the spirit. I'm being led by right. the flesh. And I guess the heart condition is like, well, what, what's the fit of anger about? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times I do think, cause I I've asked Roger about this because he's, he's holier than I am. My husband. <laughs> Same. My husband is too. I feel like it is. It's just you and I today, Christina. But you know, no, maybe they're not more holy. Maybe we're just, we just express ourselves differently. Yes. Yes. Well, Roger, did, Roger did say to me that he goes, look, he goes, a lot of times your anger really is righteous anger. And it is. Yeah. I, I get really upset at injustice, but Same. I also, you know, I also get, I also get upset like I don't usually have a, a fit of anger or get angry at someone unless I'm attacked or provoked. Not an excuse, not an excuse, right? Because I'm pretty sure that when we get to really talking about the fruit of the spirit, which is the next part of this, that Jesus doesn't say walk in the spirit unless you're attacked or provoked. Right. He's saying right. this is the response, you know, no matter how you feel and, and what we're doing by looking at this, Christina, you know, the bigger context is I want to look at this in terms of cancel culture mm. because we have, you know, I look at what's going on in our country today and it's, it's like amazing that like people have found this power in, I'm going to go on social media, call you out, smear you and cancel you. Like, you know, you're not worthy. I'm going to, and it's really shocking to me, the places that it's coming from in my life. And it's shocking mm -hmm. to me, the people that it's coming from. And it's shocking to me, the anger that I feel. And it's over issues, mm -hmm. like issues. It's more, I, I, I think all of this is in response to politics. I do. There, there really wasn't a cancel culture before Donald Trump won for president. I'm, I mean, I'm really trying to like, where did this really come from? When did it really start and get big? Well, I think also like just the, honestly, the advancement of social media. Yeah. Like we had Instagram. Yeah. We had, you know, Facebook and there was a lot of like, you know, the fighting and the debating on that. But I think as, as the world has been getting connected even more so on different platforms, like I'm even thinking of TikTok. TikTok is like global, you know, and like the amount of like human communication and interaction and ability to kind of like, okay, like not to get like overly political, but do you remember the whole issue or, or the whole uh, thing that happened with GameStop? Do you know about GameStop? How like their stocks were like, so it's GameStop is like some video game store someone can correct me i'm not super into it but all i heard about was that a bunch of guys on reddit were basically like no we're gonna save this company all these they gathered all these people to buy all these shares they boosted they boosted game stocks like stock by like 400 percent. i may give these numbers but i go i i have to like look down right but the point is normal commonplace people use their power to take their money buy all of these shares, they unified together, they boosted this stock, and they basically wanted to stick it to Wall Street and be like, look, now you have to pay up. Like, like we're going to hold our place and show you that you can't, you can't determine the outcome of anything, you know? So it's kind of like a, a in-your-face thing. 
So it's, when I saw it, I was like, how cool, number one, that people could unify over a situation and do something like that. At the same time, there's always going to be cons to that. And the same time, that access to social media, that, that like we have in this time, never before have we ever had access to um, exposure, gaining our own um gaining our own popularity with the masses like anybody can become a star it was not like that before back in the day you had to be chosen so i'm just i'm thinking of just the access to one another and honestly it it makes me this is not even like throwing shade at this i think there's good about it but it makes me think of the tower of babel when there was pure when there was communication they had access it was like the length of wickedness they could go right because they didn't have any any division they had no breakdown and they were fully unified to like do whatever they wanted and what did god do he he confused them so i think like especially with trump you know like i think when he won in 2016 it was like the biggest surprise because everyone was thinking oh hillary's got it you know and like i think a big thing was that he used social media to really push his campaign from what i heard so I don't know. There there definitely has been a a rise in that for sure. Well, for sure. And, and I think it's interesting that social media is, I mean, social media is like, it's, it's, it's horrendous what's going on with big tech. I mean, they're monopolies and they're controlling our speech and they are, they're censoring people who have different opinions about everything from vaccines to, I mean, next it'll be, you better believe this religion we tell you to believe or we're going to censor you or you better only think this way or we're going to censor you. I mean, that's basically what's happening. And so we're watching social media curate thoughts, you know, curate words. And it's pretty shocking to me because like one of the things I've seen in I think cancel culture may be a a reaction to feeling unsafe. I think that people don't really have a, a solid faith in, in Jesus Christ or anything else for that matter. Um, they believe in themselves, which is not solid. You know, this mm-hmm. is flesh, it bleeds, it makes mistakes. But it's interesting yeah. because I almost think that part of the reason why cancel culture and censorship and all of it, you know, all of it. I mean, there's so, you know, it's sort of all called the social justice movement, Mm -hmm. but you and I both know that only God can bring social justice. I mean, the Bible says, you know, what, what does he want from us to, to do good, you know, to do good, do justice and love mercy. And Mm -hmm. nothing about cancel culture is about doing good or loving mercy. It's just not, it's not merciful. Right. Well, you know, like, so me and the kids have been starting to read through the Bible together. And what's really interesting is that like, so we're following along with the Bible project. They have like these read the Bible in the year and they map it out with their videos attached and stuff. And something that really kind of blew my mind when I was reading through just Genesis, like Genesis, like two, one or two, where like Adam and Eve eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And the way that they kind of explained it was that in eating of that fruit, they took that they took the power of defining what good and evil was for themselves instead of going with what God defined as good and evil. And it's now we've and that's kind of like 
it's, it is this whole cancel culture and this in the whole war in media and big tech is that they're going, we are going to define what good and evil is. We're going to say which agenda is right. We're going to say what marriage is. We're going to say what life is. We're going to say who's valuable and who's not. And to me, I'm like, man, that is the core of sin from the beginning right. as, as you're talking. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, we're going to say that we are God. Right. And right. We don't know, need to know what he says. We don't really care what he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those people that have embraced this whole social justice movement thing, and a lot of Christians and Christian leaders and pastors have, because I've seen a lot of mistakes made in the last two years trying to you know, be down with the cause. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I think if you're down with the cause, your, your church should be living that out daily. You shouldn't, in a moment of guilt, be kowtowing to idolatry and deceptive doctrine, you know, because you got caught maybe with your pants pulled down and you weren't really loving people the right way. You know, Mm -hmm. you weren't serving the right way. Maybe you were more interested in fame or money, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you're so right because I think, I think cancel culture is just trying to usurp God. Mm -hmm. It puts itself in the position of being God over our lives. And a lot of people, uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think a lot of people want that. A lot of people are comfortable with that. And, I, and I, I'm going to go even further and say, you know, because it, it made me think and it makes me think so much about how Jesus always said, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. You're my flock. Well, you know, yeah. when you read about sheep, <laughs> you realize that sheep will, they follow, sheep follow, and, and they'll follow their shepherd over a cliff. You know, if that, if the shepherd walks over a cliff, the sheep are going to follow him over a cliff. It's what they do. It's instinctive. And it's really interesting to me because, you know, thank God Jesus is a good shepherd. What I've learned in my life is he's the only good shepherd. He's the only good shepherd. So that's like the only thing that you can follow and know that you're never going to get led over a cliff. You're only going to get led into glory and into success, mm-hmm. and abundance and blessing and spiritual maturity. And others will be blessed around you because of the yeah. power of following a good shepherd. Yet, because in this DNA of the majority of people being sheep, there are very few leaders and there are a lot of those leaders are just bad leaders. They're leading for their own selfish gain. They're leading for the wrong reasons. They're they're leading for money. I mean, right now, I believe we're watching the leaders of the world essentially try to create a one world order so that they can be the elite who has control because nothing about man is trying to create a beautiful utopia because, mm-hmm. because they care about us. I mean- you know, it's, it's, uh, and so we have to be the ones who respond to this with the truth, you know, because I believe that each and every one of us who's a part of girl club, right? Each and every one of us who's a part of a church, who's a part of a ministry, who's a part of a family that is rooted in the word of God. Like we are the called, mm-hmm. you know? If we don't do it, who will? And what we have to do is meet this culture with the most powerful weapon that exists inside of us. 
And that's, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm. And if you live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I mean, I see people, listen, I get provoked on social media all day long. (laughs) I mean, mean, it's like, it's like, there's my, there's my, there's my ministry. And then I'll make more personal comments on my Facebook page. It's always rooted in my faith, but I, I don't feel if you're, if you're going to Facebook to look at Cynthia Garrett ministries, you're going there to, you want ministry. So that's everything that's there. Um, when it comes to more social issues, sometimes I'll dialogue. I love to dialogue about that um, on my on my personal Facebook page and kind of see what people are thinking and talk to them. It is so rare. And there are only a couple of people that actually engage me in like dialogue where I can mm-hmm. feel the heart of what they're saying. Even if they disagree, I can, it feels sincere. Yeah. Most people, it's just like, it's just an attack. Why are you, you know, I mean, and, and the weirdest thing is those attacks come from, like I said, from people in places I would have never thought. So in a way it's akin to canceling, you know, it's, it's like, I, I, I've known you forever yet. Now I'm going to choose this public forum to make you look bad because I want you to shut up. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's usually the word used will be, you should be silent. You have so wow. many, you, sh- you have so many followers. You shouldn't, you shouldn't say these things. You're, you're going to scare people. You're going to make them think differently. And I'm like, I'm like, because I, because I say that I'm, I'm not for forced mandates. I, I, I'm not anti-vaccine. If, I mean, you know, if you feel more comfortable getting a vaccine, get a vaccine. My sister did. My mom did. You know, my, my, my brothers have, you know, my son did. Now I cried for four days and I cried at least three days a week that he did because I'm a little afraid of what the long-term consequences may be. And I want grandkids and I want my son to live longer than me. So, you know, I have my kind of question marks about it. And because I have my question marks about it, I'm not there yet for me, mm-hmm. you know, right. And I'm watching a lot of young people and a lot of old people like getting, they're walking off their jobs and they're getting fired and squeezed out because they won't take a vaccine. I mean, we never mandated, we never mandated like this before. It doesn't make sense to me. And it's, to me, it's cancel culture on steroids because it's Mm. canceling our rights. It's canceling our rights. It's canceling our freedom to choose. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And that's, but that's, but this is what happens when someone who is not God tries to be God and forces their way. Because I mean, we already know that God is the only just God. He is the only perfect judge. He is the only one who is able to determine what is right, what is wrong, what is fair, what is equal, what is, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think we're getting to see 
the fruit of like that choice, like I said, back from the beginning of going, you know what, you know, I see this beautiful garden and we get to like live in glory and walk with you in the cool of the day. But you know what, I think choosing for myself what, what is good and what is right and what is wrong is better than that. But it says that that ends in death. Do you realize that the other one does not end in death? But the, but the choice, when we decide for ourselves good and evil, that, that ends in death. So to me, I'm just like, why? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it really, the problem is a tale as old as time. It's from the beginning. There's something in us that wants to take that control, even though we know the, the, um, the result of it is death. Right, right. Well, and, and, and reflect on this. I think that there's something inherent in human beings, aside from being sort of sheep and following what they're kind of told is right. Because when you play to people's fears, they'll listen to you. You can control them. So, you know, if you play to their fears and then empower them that the choice that they made in fear Mm -hmm. is the right choice, now they're puffed up with really false pride. You know, and so then they're self-righteous and judgmental over other people who don't agree with them because they've got to fight for that position because their fear made them make it. And if you're right and you don't agree with what I'm with what I did, then it means I did something that was wrong. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Now I'm back in fear. That can't happen. So I think. Right. Right. So I think there's that. And I think that totally works with cancel culture, you know comedians aren't expressing themselves. People are afraid to say what they really think. This all started and we called it PC culture. You know, it's not politically correct, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, Dave Chappelle from what I hear is speaking his mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But, but then again, I mean, look, you and me, we're tough girls, you know, Christina Boudreaux, Nova. I mean, I, I venture to say that most women here we're tough chicks, man. When you really are walking in who you are as God's daughter, let me tell you something. If you don't know it, you're a tough chick because it means you've been through some things. It means you've learned to rely. It means you've learned to lean on him. It means that you have made it through and you know who got you there and you speak what you speak and you stand in the truth you stand in for a reason. And that takes strength. So, uh, you know... I think that, that uh, I, I put it this way, it's very interesting to me. I mean, Dave refers to women in his standup. I mean, you know, he's a comedian and he's brash and he's crude. I mean, he's secular, okay? He's not a Christian comedian. So mm-hmm. when, you, I mean, he calls women all out of, I mean, come on. I mean, like, you know, he goes there, right? With mm-hmm. women, yeah. you don't see women calling him a, a wharf, a woman- I can't, I don't, a turf, I don't, I don't, trans, I don't know what the moniker is for, but it means anti-trans and Uh that's the community that's upset with him. And I don't know any like women who were like, dang, Dave, don't call me that because he's, it's, it's comedy. And I know Uh who I am. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, most, I think, and I, and I also know that Dave has, Dave, he's not disrespectful to women. Man's been married to one woman forever. They got a hundred babies. I mean, he's respectful to women. I mean, you don't ever yeah. hear repeating stories about Dave Chappelle. And I've met Dave Chappelle before and I loved him. 
I thought he was such a sweetie pie. He did rebuke. He did rebuke me when I when I said to him, "My son's in college, and he loved you so." And da 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 da. And he and he was and and after about five minutes, he said, "Cynthia, I know who you are," which I was shocked. I was like, "You know who I am? I do. I know who you are. I watched you on TV." I said, "Oh." He goes, "But are you crazy?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "How old? How old? Your son's in college." Yeah, he's in his first year of college. He's 18. And he goes, uh-huh. So how old was he when my show was on? And then I looked at him because I knew it was coming. He goes, <laughs> you let your child watch my HBO TV show? Oh, goes, my God. I don't even let my kids watch that show. And I was like, <laughs> I, and I said, you know, Dave, it was before Christ. I was no, not. I, I love that he had the wherewithal to be like, listen, no, no child should be watching my show. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, no, it's grown up. It's grown up comedy. It's grown up humor. And we had a laugh about it. And I thought it was funny. And then he did a video with me and said hi to my son and his basketball team. And I was the coolest mom in school for the next five years. So, you know, I love Dave. Dave is not, Dave doesn't hate anybody. He is a really peaceful, loving guy. But man, he's kind of like a warrior right now for freedom. Right, right. I'm I'm impressed. And I, I mean, I remember, you know, my before Christ years, watching his specials and like he was so funny and I I love that now he just doesn't care he's like cancel me and that's the thing like people are trying to cancel him but he doesn't care so what does that say about like cancel culture does it really work because there's a whole lot of people who are laughing at what he's saying well yeah well the thing is and he said it you know he was at he was in Tennessee actually doing some stand-up last week or so and and he made a comment that's gone viral and he's like this isn't the trans community, the LGBTQ community coming after me because I've spoken to a lot of them. They know what comedy is. They don't have a problem with this. This is mm-hmm. corporations. This is agenda. Yeah. This is yeah. politicized. And he's calling it out there. And I think he's calling it out there because he's like, I'm still the same brother that left $50 million on the table when HBO tried to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I have no problems walking away and he doesn't. And I, I, for anybody watching, and here's the point as believers, we have to be so rooted in our correct response and our correct faith in this cancel culture that we are willing to walk away. We're willing to walk mm-hmm. off of our jobs. We're willing to walk out of, you know, out of the, the, the beautiful restaurants that we like to go to, we're willing to not get invited. We're willing to let go of that, which doesn't want to stand in the light of truth. And I mean, you know, there are Christians who live in this, you know, in the fruits of the flesh, sexual immorality and impurity and idolatry and jealousy and fits of anger and all of that. And then there are people and Christians who just, they don't want to walk away. They love the world a lot and they're not really willing to sacrifice anything for justice and for what's right. Yeah. You know, which is, I mean, which is heartbreaking because I've totally, and I've been there, you know, before, you know, growing up in a Christian household, you know, you kind of, I don't, it's strange. It's like growing up in a Christian household, you're kind of like adopted into the faith, you know, and you, and there comes a time when you have to make it your own, you know, and 
Right. And yeah, you could go to like summer camp, Christian summer camp, get, you know, have some good worship times and whatever, encounter Jesus a little bit here and there. But I really think like it doesn't, that steadfastness doesn't happen. And that real, that real like um, solidarity go, no, Jesus is better than the cool parties. Jesus is better than a million followers looking at my booty. Jesus is better than, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, it really takes going through hardship and, 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 and experiencing him be there for you. So I'm seeing actually a lot of like, like um, baby Christians. And this is so good. It's just part of the process that are like starting to come into hardship. And I, when I look at that, I'm like, this is so good. Cause now you get to experience like a whole other side of Jesus being there for you. That's actually going to carry you through the rest of your years, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, like I, I, for years I was like, well, maybe, maybe it is better. Maybe the world is better. And that after a year, seven, eight years of walking with the Lord, it was until going through like <laughs> losing things, losing babies, losing, I don't know, like being demoted. I mean, going through some really hard stuff with family and then, and it's like, who, who stuck by me? They didn't stick by me. Like the Lord stuck with me the whole time, you know? So it's like, I've tasted of that stuff and yeah. I don't want it. I, I know what it ends in, you know? Yeah. And, and it go really goes to like, it's not just that, Hey, we got to walk in the fruit of the spirit guys. Like it's not a chore to walk in. That is like freedom. It's like what we were created for, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm like looking at this list of, you know, the desires of the flesh, as opposed to the, you know, the fruit of the fruit of the spirit. And I'm thinking like the number, I think one of the biggest pandemics, let's just call it a pandemic is the issue of depression and anxiety. Why aren't we talking about that? And like everything on this list of the fruit of the spirit, what would people, people buy weed on a regular basis or smoke weed in order to gain joy, peace, kindness good or like, like like fill in the blank people are spending so much money to counter this pandemic of like emotional turmoil when it's like readily available you know yeah yeah so uh, well i think you know look i mean if you're a canceler right um if that's even in your spirit like it, it, it's you know it's so ungodly because god doesn't cancel us and mm -hmm. You know, and I, and it makes me ask the question, you know, what if God canceled you? Like, seriously, like, like, think about that. What if God canceled you, Christina? Oh, I would have been canceled. Like from day one, I wouldn't even be here. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be here, which I mean, which honestly poses, poses the other side of the or the other question or not the other question, the other aspect, which is just like having patience, like a, a fruit of the spirit is patience. I need to have patience with the people who are canceling, trying to cancel me or cancel others. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what is, what is our response supposed to be then? You know what I mean? Right. Because it's hard and it's kind of like, you know, I don't like you. Well, I don't like you either. Well, you know, like, well right. Well, okay. Let's go there. Let's go there. Because what I want to do is really go through each of these and, because this is the greatest weapon that we have to employ. And it's crazy to think that. But I mean, you know, when you take the, the entire counsel of the Bible, we're to walk in the fruit of the spirit. 
That's the evidence that Christ is alive in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. When people encounter you or they're in your presence, do they feel that? Can they see that? And if, I mean, this is kind of, this is a big, huge deal to me because it's not some like, because sometimes it's like, oh yeah, walk in the spirit. Oh yeah, fruit of the spirit. (laughs) It's like, God's really had me diving into this, especially for this book, because I don't want to do like a, you know, a trite kind of cover it. I'm really looking for some deep revelation from the Lord. And, you know, if these are such great, if, if, if these are such big weapons, right? And our only job is to make disciples. We're, we're supposed to save souls, make disciples. Our purpose is to love the Lord. He created us so that we would love him, serve him, want to live for him. How he gifted us and makes us skilled is, you know, what we do. But really, he didn't create us and put a condition on it. Like, okay, now I created you, Christina. You got to do something. Now you have to be the best singer in the world. And, and you have to cut your hair only like this because that's what makes me happy. And you know, this isn't like marriage of bondage, which by the way, cancel culture is all about bondage. You got to do this. You have to think like this. You have to look, only say the things that we think are okay to say, or you're done. None of that is God. I mean, look at the variety of fruits and nuts that we are in the kingdom of God. Boy, oh boy. (laughs) You know, and it's like, so let's talk about love. You know, Mm -hmm. if these are weapons, then love would have to be the greatest weapon. And it doesn't, I mean, I just, it's funny. I just reordered my entire book because I was going to talk about love last because I thought, and, and, and I'll be real. I thought, well, it's so important. I should save it for last because I don't want people to just gloss over the other ones. And then I thought, I don't know what new to say about love, you know? So I don't know if I'm really ready to deal with that. And then I thought, I don't really want to love these people. I think they're horrendous. And, 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 you know, God's like, "Mm, okay, now let's get it. You know, he peels it back, 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 back. So, I think it was last week, Sarah said, and don't you love the order that God wrote them in? Because you can't even, you can't even connect to these other things if you don't know what it's like to love. So I was like, right. I have to start with love because who am I to improve on the word of God? I mean, hello. Right. So I'm struggling without a love and look like Christ in my love. And, you know, I'm going to change the order of the fruits of his spirit. I just love, I love, I love us as people sometimes. Like, yeah. and it's why I want comedians to be free to be who they are, because I, I just want to keep laughing at myself and laughing at us. Because I think being able to laugh with each other and at each other helps us to be more merciful and more lo- and more loving. Yeah. Yeah. Like this culture is so serious. I feel like the Joker when Heath Ledger he said, "Why so serious?" Right? Like everyone is so serious about themselves and it's like I, I mean, 
Chris Rock couldn't do half the com comedy he used to do about black people today that he used to do. And we would sit there and laugh because every culture has some stereotypes in it. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. My whole career in Hollywood, I was trying to show up early so that I didn't fall into the category of CP time. Okay, if you're of color, you know what I'm talking about. CP <laughs> time is color people's time. And we are always late. And Black people were late to every TV set. And every and it's funny. I actually was laughing about this and flipped, you know, flipped past something on Facebook. And it, it was Jada and uh, Jada and Will Smith, their, their show. And, um, and Red Table Talk and um, Kevin Hart was going to be a guest and they were standing in front of their house like an hour, and 15 minutes, like, no, he's not late. Like, no, he's not this late. And, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm, because, you know, got to keep those stereotypes up. And, you know, and it was funny. You know, it's yeah. not racist. Like, why can't we laugh at ourselves? You know, yeah. it helps us love more. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, I mean, certain people will be called to different things, like different arenas. Like, for example, you, your voice, your platform, I, I do fully believe that you've been called and anointed by the Lord to speak out these things in a public, in a public way, you know? So like, we will each be called, like, I'm, I'm a worship leader. I'm in the place of worship and prayer where I feel like that's where my greatest anointing and where, what I need to do. So we've all been called to certain things to bring about the change. But at the end of the day, all of us, like regardless of our skill or our talent, I believe it really does come down to us, us just walking with like, be the joy. This says that it's love and then joy and then peace. I mean, you guys all know what it's like when you meet like a man or woman of God who carries these things. They don't even have to say it. It is. So it's, it's an atmosphere that they carry when they walk into a room or when they go to the store, or when they talk to their neighbor, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I've been, the Lord's been really showing me this last year is like, he's been changing, he's putting, he's totally changed my mindset on evangelism, you know, because I used to feel bad, like, I'm not like, if the Lord is like, tell that girl that she looks nice, you better tell her right now, I'll do it. But I'm not the, I'm not, it's not me to walk around and like want to preach on the side of the street or give so much, someone a gospel track or ask someone, where do you think you're going to go when you die? Like, that's not me. But yeah. like, he's been showing me like just the atmosphere that I create as a friend of God, because I'm spending time with him, because I'm asking him about his thoughts, because I'm giving him my junk on the daily. It feels so small, but I've been like seeing the effect and influence of that around people who don't have that. And it's crazy. I'll be having a bad day and someone will be like, wow, like your family is just so different. Like you guys are so joyful. And I could be yelling at my children. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm a hot mess. But there is something that we carry as children of Christ, as part of the family of God. And it even that's why like this list, I don't want anyone to walk away from this day going, oh, I need to cultivate the fruit of the spirit. Okay, how am I going to work on this? It's not a matter of a, of a checklist or to-do list or like doing things to gain something. It is just spending time with the Lord and it's, it's fruit. It bear, you bear fruit just naturally when you put, when you put a seed in the ground and then you water it and it gets sunshine. Like, did you make that thing grow? Not really. Right. You know, it's like, it's just what happens. It's it, like it, a byproduct, you know? Yeah. It, when you are in the word of God, 
the aroma of God. It just just comes out. It just comes out. (laughs) You smell better. You act better. You you look better. You think better. Your heart is better. And you know, and it's it's it, it is really it's it's really rough. You know, there's been there's a big spirit of division and dissension and anger on our nation. And I do think it's a spirit and um, Mm. Lord in Jesus name, break the spirit of anger and division off of our nation. In Jesus name, Lord, it's Satan. (laughs) You do not get to have us another day. Take this demon away from us. And wherever we've opened the doors to allow it to be here, forgive each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, we are God's children. This is God's country. And every country around the world where there are believers in it belongs to God. Because even if there's only a remnant of us praising his name, we're more powerful. We're, 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 he's more powerful than you and he lives in us. So in the name of Jesus, we just rebuke you now in Jesus name. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. We've got such a, mm, such a, it's such a spirit, you know, and, and, and to meet that spirit with love is going to require everything inside of us as believers. It is, it is, it's not for the faint of heart. Like I've been, it's been full on in my face and what's actually even funny is that my issue hasn't been with loving the world. It's been with loving the church. You know, that's what's been confronting me. And, you know, as we're sitting here and, you know, I'm just going, I have had so many fits of anger in the last like two weeks. And like, yes, there is, there is a place where it's like, this is righteous anger, but there's a point that I always take it beyond that. And it becomes a fit of fleshly anger, you know, where it's like, I want them to burn. It's like, no, 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 no. So like taking like reigning in and like walking in the spirit, like you said, it takes everything in you because we're so just think we've been living our lives one way for so long, living in the flesh. Yeah. It's going to take constant readjusting. We just got a new puppy. We just got a puppy. She's two months old. So she's pooping everywhere, tearing everything up. The amount of like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come here. Good girl. Good girl. Girl. Good. Come over here. No, no ping of it. The amount of like redirecting is insane. Oh like I haven't slept in a, you know, in a week. Oh I'm like, that's my. kind of like us. <laughs> oh Stop my. that. Stop that. Exactly. 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 I got it. I'm looking at all of these beautiful comments coming in. Hi, Pinu from South Africa. It's springtime there. Everything just popped into bloom and it reminded me of the fruit of the spirit. We get pruned and he waters us and then he bears fruit in us. It's so true. It's so true. I miss you guys in South Africa. Um, It's not sunny. Sunny Davis says it's not knowing Jesus. It's having a relationship with Jesus. That is totally it. That is totally it because the words can come out of my mouth, but it's not until I sit down and really talk to him, you know, and, and words don't even have to come out of my mouth when I'm really sitting down and talking to him. It just could be in my spirit. It could be my inner dialogue. It could be even in worship. And, you know, that's where conviction and revelation and everything grows in me. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm God, this is in, so hold on a second. I have a comment, uh, from Salampra. 
No, ma'am, Miss Irene. I live in Los Angeles, but I've been on a breast cancer mission with the Cancer Society of Eleuthera for two weeks in the Bahamas, heading back to Los Angeles tomorrow. Well, Salumbra, I have to tell you, I have a very personal connection to the island of Eleuthera. Uh, my brother lives there. I've been going there since I was a young girl. And my husband and I have gone to the island a few times, and uh, it always turns into a missions trip because there are so many believers in the Bahamas. Um, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I am, and that's another prayer of mine, that countries that have been Christian countries would get stronger in their faith, you know, would become even bigger Christian countries and flourish more. And so Lord, put your hand of protection on the Bahamas. Let them, let them keep their doors open and honor choice because you live in them and they know what it means to have the choice to choose you in Jesus name. You know, that was a really important thing, Christina. It's like, isn't love about choice? Yeah. It's not love without a choice. And we can't say that. This cancel culture we live in, it doesn't leave a choice for you. You have to toe the line or you're, you're done. You're eliminated. You won't get hired. You won't get invited. You know, it's opposite of the kingdom for sure. Yeah. You know, again, it's like, well, what if God canceled you? I mean, if God canceled me, I, I mean, I just, you know, I have one of my, like a great fear, I think of mine and that it should be for every believer is to get to God and he say, get away from me, you worker of iniquity. You never knew me. I never knew you. You know, you didn't go in through the narrow gate. You went through the wide gate. And that's why walking with me was so easy. And see, and I think when we truly decide to meet this culture that we're in with true social justice, true godly justice, then we pick up these weapons, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, right? Self-control, huge one. We pick pick that up like armor. We ingest that because of our relationship with Christ in us. And, and, and it's hard. It's the narrow, it's the narrow road, you know, responding in love to what some people say and do is, and I, and, and I don't think we all have to have a grace for everything. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. You know, I was just thinking about just like uh, what he knew was saying about, you know, getting pruned and then he waters and this. And I mean, thinking about how like, uh, what is the, I think it was the passage when Jesus says like, unless like a seed falls into the ground and dies or something, or like, he's talking about like giving up your life, then can it produce life? And I'm thinking about that process of being buried, you know? Yeah. And that, that imagery of going from death to life unto producing fruit. So it's like, like, like I'm, I'm going through a process of a lot of death right now. I'm talking about not like physical death, but I'm talking about death to the parts of me that are not me, that the Lord's going, that's not who you are. Let's cut that off the pruning. Let's cut that off. And it hurts mm-hmm. because that's who I thought I was for so long. Right. But until he does that, I, I won't have an ability to become who he created me to be, you know? So I'm thinking about that, that life, well, the fruit of the spirit, the life bearing fruit, like 
it comes at a cost. It comes at work. But at the same time, it comes at rest and just yielding and trusting. It's such an, I love the dance with the Lord because he requires everything. But then he also is like, but just chill. I've got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you can only do 1%, but I got the 99. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he, because he really loves us. You know, it makes me think about 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Mm-hmm. Love is kind. You know, love doesn't right. keep a record of wrongs. You know, it, it it hopes all things, endures all things. You know, and you, as you go through that, that, that bit of scripture, I, I can only love because he first loved me, you right. know, you know, and it, it, and it's, it's true. And, you know, I, I think, um, I think the saddest thing is that cancel culture and Teresa just joined us and is asking what cancel culture means. And cancel culture is sort of the name that has grown out of this movement to basically call people out for their mistakes or failures, whether they be five days ago, five hours ago, or 25 years ago and cancel them, get, get rid of their business, get rid of their presence in the world on social media, boycott them, go against them. And I think it was Miche asked um, how cancel culture got started. And, you know, it's interesting. Look, I, I think it just, I think it got started the first second fear entered the earth and challenge a threat. The first, the first time someone was threatened by the power and the authority of God's truth, they started cancel culture, which really means that I would go all the way back to Jesus, you know? I think cancel culture has been here because it's inherent in man, in human flesh, to want to silence and get rid of anything that challenges what you think or believe. And I think when you're broken and you think something and believe it, it gets fortified, demonically fortified and empowered. And, and I, you know, it loses reason. It it lacks self-control. Amazing to me that love is first and self-control is last because if, if, if you don't know how to exercise love as a response to injustice, you're welcome, Teresa. <laughs> if you don't know how to recognize love as a response to justice, to injustice, you're going to be out of control. You're going to be in a fitter age. You're, you're not going to be joyful. You're not going to be peaceful. You're definitely not going to be patient. Cancel culture is so impatient. Oh my gosh, did you hear what so-and-so said? Ooh, cancel them. And then you get all of the all of the little demons jump on the bandwagon with the with the lead canceler, and then they ruin someone's life. And and it ruins all of us too. Because when people make mistakes, they say the wrong thing, they do the wrong thing. Maybe they did it a year ago, maybe they did it 20 years ago. If you just cancel them, you don't allow them to A explain well, I'm a different person. Let me share with you why I'm different. Or, I, and I regret that. Or I didn't know that was wrong. Or I knew that was wrong. And now everyone's calling me out. I have to repent. And look, public repentance is, is, is part of this gig. I mean, not public repentance, but repentance, right? But when you're called out in public, I mean, just own it, you know, own it. So I kind of think 
when Jesus threatened the religious establishment with his very presence on earth, I think, I think cancel culture exercised itself in a big way by just crucifying him. You know, I think that Christ, Christ stands so in the face of a cancel culture mentality and he is social justice and he is truth and everything about the truth of God that encompasses God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit is always going to cause a negative out of control, angry, fearful reaction from the enemies that control people who don't believe. And I think that it's just part of what this is, you know, it's part of what this is. And so I've been thinking so much about this because I think it's so important for us to begin to think about not just how to navigate the world we live in, not just how to survive the world that we're living in, but honestly, how to take authority over the world that we're living in. Because if we won't, then who? You know, it, it, it's always been, you know, Christians who have gone into communities and loved where no one else wanted to love. It's always been Christians who have exercised patience in the face of wrong and injustice. I think about, you know, our my ancestors who were enslaved singing spirituals and hymns in in the cotton fields. Why? Because they their faith, you know, they had a belief that God would correct the injustice of their lives and that God would raise up men who would fight against things like slavery and 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 racism and social injustice and he's been raising up men to fight against it from day one. It's just that we're so impatient. It's just that we're not, you know, most most Christians have a hard time with this, but unbelievers definitely have a hard time with this. They don't even know that that it's God who's provided them help all along. So they're taking it upon themselves to do that which only the Lord can bring about. And even in the issue of freedom of speech, you know, um, and I listen to these, you know, the social media and the cancel culture explanation for censorship, because that's what it is. You know, anytime you're canceling someone or you're censoring them from saying an opinion different than the opinion that maybe the mass media or government wants you to embrace, you know, they want you silent. But that's wrong in and of itself because that's not God. You know, God's not afraid of your truth, even if your truth is a big fat ball of confusion and not correct. You know, but I listen to these social media guys, these big billionaire tech guys saying things like, well, we want to cultivate an environment of love and, and peace. We want, you know, even on Facebook when they censor you, you know, well, we want to create an atmosphere, you know, where, you know, people uh, aren't, you know, saying things that offend other people. We, who who's we? The fact checkers. Who are the fact checkers? We don't know. You know, they could be 12 angry demons who are going to just 
basically control and narrate what Satan wants us all to know. We don't know who these people are, right? That's my point. But I mean, you can't legislate righteousness. You can't create an environment of love where people, you know, only say this or only say that because people, even if you control what comes out of their mouth, you can't control what's in their heart and in their mind. Only God can impact the heart and the mind of a person and change them. Only God can grab a hold of a person's heart and spirit and and fill them with his love so much that in the face of whatever challenge, they're speaking and reacting in the fruit of love and in the rest of the fruits of the spirit. Only God can do that. No man corporation, company that has no reverence for God, no understanding of God and zero relationship with God can ever do that. They don't even know who to look to for the wisdom to actually be able to apply what they think in their mind in some way is justice. And that is the greatest injustice of all is that there are a lot of people leading without the wisdom of God, without the fear of the Lord. And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I think I said this a few weeks ago on one of, on one of our girl club uh, specials, we've got to have a healthy fear of the Lord. You know, it's the, it's, it's where we go. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. God's word says I shouldn't do that. Let me just hold right here because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And scripture goes on to explain that it's only then that he can impart knowledge to you about why he said, hold right here. No. When that really got down into my mind, I began to really understand a lot about premarital sex, you know, and celibacy. And that's what made the change for me. That's when I decided I've done it my way a long time. I'm going to do it God's way because a man should really love me in a godly way before I sleep with him, before he sleeps with me. Because sex outside of marriage, the reason why God says it's wrong isn't because he falls off the throne. It's because we fall in so many ways. We fall mentally. We fall spiritually. We fall emotionally. We we break, you know? And no matter what, you know, for any woman that is with us right now, I, I, you know, you're a regular here at Girl Club because I know you believe these, these same things. But for any young woman who stumbles upon this session this week. And I just really want to say to you, like the game of like, yeah, I'm empowered because as a woman, I can do what I want to do. That's not empowerment. That's not empowerment. Real empowerment comes when you are rooted in saying, no, you don't get to have me unless God tells me you're my husband. And unless you've stepped up in the correct ways, I did not feel real confidence or real power until I basically crawled to the throne of grace and said, I've done it my way long enough. I'm going to do it your way. Help me. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do about all of these issues, you know, um, cancel culture, wokeness, critical race theory, social justice. I'm crawling to the throne of grace and saying, God, I know what my response is. Help me. What's the response? It would be really easy just to 
say nothing and feel nothing and not care. But I care about people. You know, I care about people. I care about this nation and I care about God and I care about him being misrepresented. And, you know, sometimes we can care so much that we misrepresent him in trying not to miss in being upset that people misrepresent him. So this is like not something you can do on your own. You know, the word of God says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you abide in me, I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do no good thing. And cancel culture and all of this whole social justice movement that I see is apart from God and it's doing nothing good. It's doing no good thing. It's not, not really, not for the long run, not eternally. The good thing is when we impact people and they change because they encounter the power and the love and the radical belief that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, that he is still on the throne, he's still God, and we will have to answer for what we do here. And so that causes us to have some fear, some fear of the Lord. So then he can begin to give us his wisdom. And it's why in the last few weeks, I've tried to read Proverbs, son, because my husband and I read a chapter of, of a book of Proverbs every day. And it's easy because there's 31 of them. You can go through the month, right? There's so much wisdom in, 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 there's so much wisdom in Proverbs and, and, and Proverbs, even in Proverbs, you know, the first five books talks about how much more valuable it is to get God's wisdom, wisdom than to get silver and gold. Yet we live in a world where all of these movements and all of these people they're pursuing silver and gold more than they're pursuing social justice. And I dare any one of them to come, to say that I'm not right. It may, things may start out right. They may have started out good, but without Christ at the center of them, they can't stay good. They can't stay right because he's the only good shepherd I've ever known. Most people in a position of leadership have some ugly in them. I do. We're human. And while we're trying to become more mature in Christ and working that ugliness out so that it's only the fruit of his spirit, we run the risk of, of really being bad shepherds. You know, um, I want to try to, I think uh, Christina jumped off to go take Josh to a football game, but I just wanted to kind of go through some of your, your comments I see coming in. It's so good. Uh, cancel culture, uh, Irene says, cancel culture is such a distraction and diversion tactic of the enemy. We have to be so mindful of what's at work and seeping through someone else's words, opinions, or offense. So true, Irene. It's so true. It is a total distraction because in all honesty, we're so distracted with feeling shocked and offended and hurt and like a, an unbelief over what's going on in our nation that in a lot of ways, you, you know, the enemy's got us so diverted with all this noise and, and people who embrace cancel culture are really, they're embracing a false doctrine. It is not God, you know, because that's not God's way. God does not cancel us. God forgives us. God is merciful with us. God is patient with us. God loves us. God is kind to us. God is joyful. I mean, it's like, you know, God enables us to do what Jesus would do, to respond as Jesus would respond, 
right? So we've got power in us because of the Lord in us, but man, the diversions and the distractions of the enemy are big and it really steals focus if we allowed it. I agree with you. Um, I think Irene goes on to say, I think the attitude also reveals immaturity in the person and perhaps where they're stuck. Absolutely agree with you, Irene. Absolutely. And, and honestly, you know, I always say be a noticer of yourself. I used to tell, tell my son that all the time. I still tell my son that and he's 29 years old. Hey, when you wake up in the morning, notice yourself. How are you feeling? What are your emotions doing? What are you dealing with? What's really going on inside of you? And if you do that, then you get a lot, you gain a lot of spiritual maturity because you get unafraid to just call it what it is with where you are. And, and unless you can put honest labels on where you are and what you're dealing with, you're going to remain spiritually immature forever. And it's like Irene said, you stay stuck in a place. And so you're constantly replying and responding from that place. So get healed of whatever that place is. Deal with whatever that place is so that you can get out of it. You know? Um, yeah, Sunny says, soon cancel culture will cancel the Bible as hate speech. This can and will happen if we continue to empower this evil by calling them out as demonic. Yeah, it's true. I believe the same thing. And I think I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about just like identifying what this really is and not being deceived. You know, as believers, we've got to not be deceived, but we also have to not be afraid, right? Because faith and fear don't live in the same temple. We are faith-filled followers of Christ. If he is for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against us will prosper. I mean, this is all scripture. These are Now I'm not speaking my words. I'm speaking much better words, okay? We cannot lose with him on our side. We can't. So um, my apologies, uh, by me, Shay, um, yeah, it is getting time for us to wrap up this week. But so love as a response is your first weapon. It's your first weapon. And I am not going to even sit here and pretend like it comes naturally or easily as your first response. But I do think like everything else in the Bible, even like faith, the more you practice it, the stronger that muscle gets. And so what I'd like to ask us to do this week is to practice loving our enemy. It's easy to love our friends. It's easy to love the people that like us and agree with us. It's hard to love our enemy. And so I would like us as a powerful response to the cancel culture that we live in. I would like us to practice godly culture and to apply love you know, and invite people to call you, invite them in, you know, they may not respond to your call of love or your call to have a conversation from a place of love, but it, what they do isn't your concern. It's what you do. You want to do what God wants you to do. So that's my challenge for you this week. And I would love if by next week, if you guys 
if you if if God gives you something, you know, if he uses you in a way and you've got a story to share about applying love in a situation that was tough for you this week, I'd love it if you'd write it in the comments or send it in an email before we before we even get on with Girl Club. I'm um, trying to do it the day before so we could load it in. But if not, you can write it here in the comments. And I'd love to go through them. You know, I'd love to see how you're doing. And I'd love for us to hold each other accountable. Um, so I just want to pray for all of you really quickly. Lord, I just want to bless each and every Girl Club member. Father, I, I thank you for these conversations. I, I, I just want to remind everyone watching to hit subscribe so you get notified every week that we are here. That button right down there in front of you that says subscribe if you're watching us on uh, this CGM YouTube channel. Um, and Lord, I just want to ask that you would sow and plant and grow love in us in a big way this week, that we could literally respond only from a place of your love. Father, use us powerfully as weapons rooted in love this week to impact this culture and to make some, even some small changes, Lord, because I know that between all of us, that will add up to some big changes. Lord, bless the church, help the church, save the church. Bless your name, save your name in our nation, Lord. Help us as Christians not to find ourselves in a place where we've taken the Bible and the word of God and our faith so for granted that it's taken from us. In Jesus' name, I ask that Christianity would flourish across the nations and that souls would be saved, chains would fall off, and lives would be touched even now because we have dared to say this prayer publicly. And bless Russell Brand because I'm watching this evolution with him. And Lord, I just ask that you grab his heart and save him and let him know that he's a Christian. Candace Owens told him he probably doesn't realize yet that he's a conservative. And that's beautiful. But more beautiful than that is I think he doesn't realize yet that he's a Christian. So encounter him with your love and let him have a radical, powerful encounter in the name of Jesus with you. And bless each and every one of you. I'm Cynthia Garrett and we got to go, ladies. We're a little over time. Thank you for always hanging until we get started. And uh, I love you guys. And together, I really do believe that we can start a movement of purity. We can start a movement that is about changing this culture. I think that with God on our side, and if God be for us, the word says, who can be against us? I will see you next week on Girl Club. Until then, remember, love as your weapon all week long. I'd love to hear some testimonies. I'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.